0: back to Centered Subject, um, The Existential Entertainment Hour. I'm Yelena Zelazov, I'm in LA, and I'm joined in your ear by my dear co-host, Jenny Campbell, who's in New York. Yes, recently returned.
1: Yes, I traveled from the south to the north in a great adventure through lightning
0: uh, two
1: nights ago. Yeah. It was pretty dramatic. (laughs) uh, Yeah. And now I'm back having time traveled. Yes. Um,
0: Summer travel always seems so fraught with weather situations.
1: I know. And it did feel a bit like uh, we're in a climate change era as I was like sitting in the airport. Um,
0: Well, it gets hotter and and the atmosphere sort of becomes more turbulent in general. Right.
1: It was very interesting and, like, Buddy Holly-esque to stare out at all of the lightning while I was in an airplane.
0: (laughs) That doesn't sound very relaxing. Were people taking Uh, pictures? Were you taking pictures of it? No, everyone was a little stressed out.
1: I think we were all pretty scared. Um, But apparently, according to my father, there isn't a lot of danger Dear listeners, um, right. if you see a lot of lightning,
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't
1: know that. at the I think time, the airplane
0: yeah. sort of um, ground. You know, it, it has these um, the antenna. It has a technology. It. Well, it just deflects it, right? It's like the the antenna on the ah. on the house as well. Like it sort of grounds it.
1: Right, uh, okay. something or
0: it does something. Grounds in the air.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll buy it.
0: <laughs> right. That didn't make sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's That's just something okay. that happens. Oh mm. There's a the technology. into the body to technology. It's one of those magical things that happen, you know, with the right. magical sticks sticking out of this magical machine yeah. that's floating through air.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I do want to yeah. add, actually, just briefly, um, and then I want to know how LA is right now, but um, that a weird thing happened that my plane was grounded um, because of this storm, like, in the middle of the storm. They, like, made the mm-hmm. pilot land the storm. And I had been on this trip... Um, and I went to Virginia beach where the Edgar Cayce Institute is, which is like this very trippy new age place where you learn remote viewing and do all of these like psychic things. Mm-hmm. And which was very strange and very awkward and interesting and kind of, kind of like a Scientology center in a way, but like a little bit in, more innocent. And, um, that's where I took a test to find out whether or not I was psychic Ooh. and, um, I did uh and i'm somewhat psychic i think everyone who takes the test finds out that they're uh, somewhat psychic you
0: know, but what was it's a no-fail test I it love is those.
1: i mean i strongly suggest everyone take remote viewing okay. and edgar casey we should take one together
0: on the pod, Sure. yeah um in Can honor you, of we'll we post a link in our description oh
1: absolutely oh um, very good but anyway i my plane uh, sort of accidentally like was required to land in Virginia beach where I had take the, taken the magical test. And it was so strange. I was like, I'm, I know I was like called back by the, by my, uh, future new age residents. Well,
0: <laughs> I hope your psychic powers were are activated and after we record the episode, I will be asking you how, yeah. you know, someone thinks. Yeah. Um, so
1: yeah, how are you? That was a really
0: me? interesting segue. Yeah, yeah me, I'm, I'm well, um, I'm a bit frantic because I'm trying to get my myself ready to flee United States and I'm going to wow. um, do some Europe and East Uh, Full travel. But, so yeah, so I've just been trying to clean and rent my LA life out and install my exhibition. Just lots of logistical things like trying to see people. Um, But then one funny thing that's been happening, I keep running into people that I've known for a while but I haven't seen them like in a while and they congratulate me on something but it's not something that actually happened to me. So there were actually three... There's just something so symmetrical about that number. But there were three instances. So one was um, run into someone and elatedly this person hugged me, you know, clasped me in their arms and said, Congratulations on your passport. So that was fun. <laughs> that was funny. She vaguely remembered that, you know, I was foreign and you know, I got to, I did get you know, I, I, I do like collecting passports, you know. I'm trying to get any human at the moment. What did you say? I just said at first, you know, I laughed and I said thank you. <laughs> then I said, uh. I think you're thinking of someone else and then she was embarrassed. But I then <laughs> then like a couple of days later then I ran into someone and I was I was in line in for to see a play and the friend of mine introduced me to someone and this person says, Oh, we've known each other for several years. Congratulations on your fellowship. Wow. So that was also sounded really lofty and impressive. Um and you know, <laughs> I haven't received any fellowships lately. And then there's like another thing, um, I don't know, if I'm listing them all, but there's someone someone was introducing me to some this was an old old professor of mine and he was introducing me to someone and he said, Oh, this is Elena. I think she was a mayor of West Hollywood at some point. <laughs> <laughs> all of these things are somewhat accurate. So so like, like, I know you Okay, so you know that they're like Somewhat tangentially, like I, I did work for West Hollywood briefly as an like art commissioner, but you did. You, know, it was, you were a <laughs> like A, a semi, it was kind of vaguely official status, but wow. But the fact it's just that, yeah, they all sort of like vaguely <laughs> resemble me, but much more grand. I love <laughs> it. And you nothing know, I to have do with my current like, situation. I, really I have a theory. Agree.
1: It's that I've noticed that you've been wearing these headbands, and I thought. <laughs> when I saw them that you were wearing a very interesting and important looking hat. So so my theory is when you wear this headband, it just brings you to a higher place of <laughs> <laughs> lofty you know, people just see you and they're like, Ah, oh, yes, the fellowship. Yes. You dear leader, you know? It's just oh it's a really God. good hat choice. Oh yeah. For, for you. I don't think leader. it would work as well for me, but yeah.
0: It's so, that's interesting you mentioned that but it also got me thinking about the nature of achievement you know like right, what right. is that? because in a way you sort of you do want to one of the things the reasons why we want to achieve things is that we want other people to know about them right and like we yeah want them to congratulate us so that's right <laughs> there's just something funny about it um but it also like got me thinking about how we you know post now sort of in seeking that validation and in seeking right. that confirmation of our achievements, we can, we post everything. Well, yeah, on it's probably media. because
1: they're like vaguely remembering your <laughs> social media
0: post about basically excited, yeah. I the exaggerated point? it, yeah. You know? Um, uh,
1: which which sort of uh, brings me to. I think it brings me to a theme that we're working with today. Yeah. Like uh, we were talking about this episode being about envy and Mm -hmm. how the internet plays into that. And um, how do you manage this
0: sort of feeling of
1: (laughs) right. Or just imagining the other, imagining other
0: lives, the other version of you. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: And one of the, one of the psychologists that I was looking at about this would talk about how we, we kind of see other people's accomplishments or other people's identities as, stories and as like an idea of the ideal self and they seem very whole and concrete and then when we describe how we imagine ourselves Mm. we imagine ourselves like incomplete and sort of like for sure meaning we're needing. We're always needing more. We're always incomplete, and then everyone else is yeah. these complete. Commissioners, that's so
0: true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think if it because we cannot see ourselves. That's why we take so many selfies. understand our sure. contour and what is missing? I, know. I don't I know. know. Because we see others and their documentation, and so forth. right.
1: It's it, well. I think that the uh, another person we and probably because we use Instagram or the internet. and And we see them as the version... Well, they're, like, the curated version of themselves, and then we have the curated version of ourselves. Yeah. But it doesn't, like, go well when we compare it with our lived experience, which is really messy and,
0: Mm. you know... It doesn't... It's interesting, actually, because I was talking about this... I definitely fall into that trap. I think collapse into malaise about about it, you know, achievements and such. Mm. Um, And then my therapist actually told me that I should not compare myself... To others, but only compare myself to mm. myself. But I, mean, I guess it's sort of more yeah. in terms of personal development, and if you have any goals, which I don't, yeah. I mean, no, I do. Um, right. And then you sort of measure yourself.
1: Right. Well, um there's some the There's some neurobiology that plays into this from this book, um, *Sapiens*, which I have not read, but I've heard quoted in.
0: Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. their, read,
1: therapeutic circles. Mm-hmm. Have you read
0: it? I read like half. Yeah, but um, yeah, by Yuval the Harari, that one.
1: Yeah, it and, really but it. I think this is where it's from. But it talks about how our uh, left he- left hemisphere of our brain is concerned with planning and with mm. our sense of ourselves in relation to our society mm-hmm. and ourself as an object, as a as a sellable object. And so when we're oh. attempting to like socially climb, that's how we we're actually using that side of our brain, which is the language side and the rational side. And then our, however, and I this I, I think very pretty like I think this pretty well explains the psychonomy somehow that mm-hmm. our lived experience of self in our body and in our emotions is in the right hemisphere, which has no
0: language, mm. so
1: so possibly you know that left hemisphere sort of thinking sensory is
0: like, sensory self,
1: <laughs> yeah. So the sensory self feels all the sadness, but doesn't really tell the left hemisphere self very well what it's about and what's going on and certainly hides it
0: mm. from like
1: a public you know experience of self mm. or whatever yeah so there's so, sort of
0: hide hide and seek happening within oneself in a sense sure
1: and so some so people come into a lot of trouble when they become a really left hemispheric yeah. uh, according to this thinking because they're not addressing their true self and so like when they fail because everyone inevitably fails even our commissioners yeah. in our lives or whatever um, you know, we can't accept that side. And so the left hemisphere sort of breaks down and Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very interesting
0: stuff I think. Yeah, and I, I think, think now we are very much in this realm of the public where I think the private whatever you know, what always had been private has suddenly became inverted, you know. I right. don't think people would share, you know, their plates, the mm-hmm. content of their plates or their shoes as, you know, something to share with the world, like, especially, but now, like, this sort of mundane, the mundane, mm-hmm. mundane minutiae became, that kind of fills, fills the private space, has become externalized,
1: mm-hmm. right. and then we like want
0: public approval for this. Private right, moments.
1: and then, I, I mean, I could even have a meta moment and talk about how like in stand up comedy and in podcasting and stuff, there's mm-hmm. been this place where oh maybe maybe it speaks to the lack of interaction between the two sides, like where people are using this right hemispheric self aware self and but putting it out there in the public world and kind of wandering around in their experience and mm. and maybe people like that because they're they're looking for that authenticity or they're looking for what do you
0: mean though that Unfortunately I'm thinking
1: of Mark Marin who's not my favorite person, but okay. like like stand up comedy that's very uh like they talk about their failures or I they see. talk okay, about right. Got you. Yeah. how they're like fallible, horrible people or or awkward and I mean it is in a really constructed way, so in a mm-hmm. way it's sort of like left hemispheric right. versions of this rehearsed. like messy self. Yeah. Yeah. But But I will say that I've noticed, and I think that, like, the work that we're doing, sometimes I like it a lot because it has to do with uh, ambiguity and kind of living in the moment and having a conversation, which includes some messy stuff and some confusion or, you know what I mean, like, Mm -hmm. question asking and, like, actual authenticity, which is, I know. Right, working it out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, we do edit, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't. no. Um, (laughs) <laughs> okay. <fine. laughs>
1: but no i mean i think that sometimes uh yeah and for sure like in media i think the things yeah. that i like the most or maybe in art i like it when it's more authentic or human or messy in this way and eh. yeah, yeah. I, I don't
0: know i don't yeah i think i'm again it's like the word authentic is another word that i'm uh, right you <laughs> no. can stumble over much like truth i have, right. <laughs> I have these stumbling blocks um, right, right. In, well, in life, in I, I mean, life. I
1: could define it in terms of, like, it... it I think it's
0: just, ca- like, there's something categorical about it that I don't quite
1: mm-hmm.
0: believe in. Well, I think
1: that it's, like, know. a or it, way I... Or I feel I'm, like it
0: implies a kind of didactic category. Sure.
1: I, the way I'm ta- using it is sort of, like, you have... It, it makes room for messiness and things that are not so easily yeah. sold. That's yeah.
0: what I would say. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, I think, I, th- yeah. I suppose, just knowing, also, it just Im- implies a kind of... Intrinsic knowledge, I suppose, that everyone has um, mm-hmm. about their mm-hmm. self, I think, right. who they are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And risk-taking, like real risk-taking, yeah. you know, real vulnerability and
0: risk-taking. Right. Yes. Yeah, and people... Um, right. Do you think Trump was taking risk by trying to buy Greenland or <laughs> was it, like, um, did he feel fully I confident? Think,
1: I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Which I part of he,
0: his brain <laughs> caused this oh, <laughs> deal, he, deal-making desire to occur. Oh my
1: god. I wish I I wish I was well educated enough to answer that. I really that it's just it's kind of a pleasurable experience of understanding my yeah. own ignorance about this stuff, but like, yeah, I mean, doesn't he just act from the gut all the time? And yet, he's so I think yeah, as a narcissist, they like go from the gut all the time and they're sure Mm. that the public will love it. So it's like they don't really have that left hemispheric side that says, like, hey, maybe this isn't the best thing South to say political. or
0: do. Okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: well, that was definitely my um, my most favorite piece of news from this week. Yeah. And I loved how it evolved from being, you know, really seeming like a joke, you know, sort of right. like something that was misspelled when he was, right. what was something he said once, like, oh, A Prince of the Sea. Uh, Occasionally he misspells things on Twitter and you know, things sort of become funny in in media, but but this was actually a seriously considered situation. And and yeah. And then he cancelled his visit. Yeah.
1: Right, and called the woman called Nasty. uh, Nasty nasty woman. (laughs) Um, I like have the look in her on her face in the in the news photo of her and I kinda love her also it's like burned into my brain it's like my my like permanent response to trump is that look of yeah. just like quizzical like this is absurd what the fuck like
0: it's yeah gorgeous. it is what the makes fuck me i so agree happy. it's interesting though because you know that's not usually how acquisitions of property of of <laughs> of countries go and so in mm. a way i was sort of you know at first i thought it was a joke but then i also became strangely curious about it because usually people go, go to war you know to like right. grab conquer. chunks of land to conquer yeah. but he was just like let's make a deal and let's so it was both kind of interesting because it was strangely peaceful you know except for the bizarre exchanges on twitter and, and like you know that mm-hmm. that image of greenland um the landscape <laughs> uh, the sparsely populated landscape with this like golden trump tower you know like but really, except for, for these offensive things were <laughs> oh, also funny, um, yeah. it was it was really kind of peaceful. But also it's, it's also disturbing how I think it also speaks to the kind of role that uh, that money play and statehood mm-hmm. now and the way that mm-hmm. state operate. Yeah. yeah. And just that, you know, really, it might as well, things might as well be sort of purchased because they kind of are already in a way. Okay.
1: I love the the way that she was just kind of like, "That's not how it works."
0: <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like, what are you even saying? That's not how it works. Like, Ugh, get out of here. Like, yeah. Get yeah. But you can't. I buy guess she's thinking
0: and- about the earlier times, like Alaska deal and all right. that stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> A student of history. Trump. Yes. Actually, this this week has been a sort of a funny week for social media in particular. Also, because I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been this image that um, was circulating for a few days. And it's a, a really <laughs> badly cropped um, sort of screen grab of text that <laughs> mildly threateningly describes tomorrow. You know, and this has been going on for like, you know, several days, but it starts with something like, Remember, tomorrow is the day when Instagram changes its rules, and Instagram is like sort of like strangely stretched out the word, you know, like clearly no, like, I don't know pasted it. on over something anyway, and and the bleed like it's sort of a full bleed screenshot, so you don't really see the edges <laughs> of text. So it's Just this kind of like, and it goes on and on in this bizarro like pseudo legalese yeah. How like according to the Roman point five clause, yes. this or that, <laughs> you cannot Instagram will <laughs> own it all. <laughs> And I must repost this so that and then it's like in caps you know so Instagram doesn't own my images and you know and it's both like it's just really hilarious because I mean like obviously you no one reads the terms but you know everyone signs the terms and Mm -hmm. you know they own everything anyway but it's so people just resharing it and it was funny because some people and I guess it was just older people resharing it that I know like maybe former professors Um, Mm -hmm. you know just um, to, and then but then it sort of evolved into this thing where people <laughs> would create their own notes or they like take screen grabs of their notes. I really like this one. A friend of mine did. She was like, remember tomorrow the spaghetti day. <laughs> and if you don't repost I saw it, that. Yeah okay great. Um, I so only
1: saw the, the spoof.
0: Everyone. But some people would you know like voice their concern with social media addiction. Mm. actually another friend penned um, a kind of like a moving moving little piece about you know it was sort of a joke about Instagram, which was like really trying to change my behavior and not get trapped in this oh. um, in this medium. But it was a it was sort of funny how and apparently a lot of celebrities were doing it like older celebrities and they were just this <laughs> this like chain mm. letter. <laughs> That was huh. crossing But then Then today Changed to Chain letter About Amazon burning And again It was um, just You know It had this very It had the I mean This is a serious problem You know And so the The chain letter Had the, like a threatening Not a threatening right? But it's just like donate here donate there but the thing about with image you know sharing images um text images on instagram there's nowhere you can click really so it's just people sort right. of vapidly resharing rescreen grabbing and resharing right. but it's just it like it's a totally urgent. close circle it's very urgent and it's a very close circuit where it really just produces a feeling of accomplishment i think without right. anyone. well in the, but anything. in the same
1: way because it's so
0: abstract I mean,
1: it's mm. so uh, no it's like so authentic i'll use that word like it, it seems like somebody didn't have the time it's like scrawled across, you know, it's like a piece of paper someone wrote really fast on and then Mm. passed it on to someone else because it was so urgent. So the like lack of, you know, the fact that it just looks like a note from someone's phone, it was like, it kind of makes you think about the urgency of the situation. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it makes it seem more intense, even though it's probably not very effective and could be, you know, bad information or whatever. It has that feeling, you know, kind of like, um, I don't know, like some of the texting that happened during, mm. you know, some of those huge protests and stuff, right. um, which, like, you know, is a good thing about it, maybe, um, but also could be really troubling because we, like, believe things. People that have also that,
0: scroll off, you know, they just scroll through and off. Right. Really. It's just and there that, we go. It only takes up yeah. like a fraction of a second. I don't
1: Right. Know. I mean, it, it's a bit of the, tr- the trouble about, you know, what it is to be, um, you know, when things aren't covered by the by the media, by the. Yeah, which it is now kind of yeah. covered by them. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't see the original one. I kind of am sad that I didn't see the chain letter. <laughs>
0: I'll send it to you. Yeah, please
1: send it <laughs> to okay. me It's okay. There's so
0: many chain letters always going around, actually. Um, I know. Yeah. I've
1: never, yeah, they've never worked on
0: me. I kind of miss them. I feel like they were like, used, I think in the early day of email, there were some chain letters I yeah. seem to remember. Yeah. We send it to 10 of your... closest friends um Um, yeah the prophecy
1: Um, I'm reminded you know of the early yellow journalism stuff or just like the early journalism stuff after the Gutenberg press like I mean immediately after it was invented people used to just like you know the the news kind of was invented and then mm. people would pass around leaflets obsessively you know chatting about political events or whatever was happening I mean in the last century yeah, I mean, it's just something about reproduction of, of media, of, of the word, you know, that it just yeah. makes people kind of have high. I think and low. that
0: also people do have this sense of immediacy because I think what I said about the last century, I think I was joking a little bit, but also like a bit serious because I think obviously, you know, circulation of information and just objects were much slower. So I think some people probably would receive the leaflet, you know, a few years later. But because <laughs> they sort of see it now and it says news, right. you would sort of believe it as happening. That's right. Oh, yeah. At the moment. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 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 It's hard to tell when things are really authentic. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> true.
1: <laughs> Full stop.
0: Passing around photographs is, um, you know, it's a long, <laughs> it's a long practice. Although I guess <laughs> only... Wait, but actually, what did people do before? Oh, well, they did paintings. They painted each other and sent right. portraits. Well, um, you
1: know about that. Uh, last week I was talking about, you know, sending portraits. You know yeah. about that whole Henry VIII thing when they yeah, kept yeah, sending yeah, yeah. Of Anne of Cleves, all these portraits of her, and he really loved that portrait. And then when she showed up, he was she was very upset, disgusted. It was like Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> but there were all these different portraits, right? There were like two or three of her to try to kind of sell her image to capture um yeah but her real self he talked about her being really smelly he was like obsessed with her smelliness which is upsetting I'm like looking back on history now and kind of feeling bad that the story of that is like that piece of shit Henry VIII and I'm like retelling that you know continuing to tell that and like poor Anne of Cleves story like is never told you know what her experience was like and I mean yeah. I'm sure it's been told many times. But like, you know, he's the victor in that histor- in that tale historically of the failed portrait.
0: I think it's because he also collected more lives. Right. Well she yeah. Was able to-
1: well, yeah, I mean, in a way mm-hmm. he was sort of like some Tinder guy, you know, who mm-hmm. just like wanted to get as many, you know, people collected as he could mm-hmm. and do what he wanted to do back then and it was like society and the entire, you know, religious system wouldn't allow him to like swipe right as much as often as he would like to so he transformed the church of england so there you
0: go yeah the things you do yeah oh anymore. that is actually
1: a good a good transition into uh our one of our first stories that we wanted to oh, talk about
0: well actually yeah and it's also transition into like finding just the right image i feel like it's also good um, <laughs> that's right it's a really good um Good point, but I, I came across this uh, article by Eva Weisman um, that discussed um, the the dick pics. and in particular, well the, the occurrence the the kind of cultural milieu of a dick pic, if you will. Um, but in particular, she was focusing on this one image that apparently circulates as the definitive um, dick pic. So whenever people send those, they're often not theirs. They are. They send another person's. Yeah, they sent this yeah. one iconic, <laughs> <mouse>. the winner, <laughs> which describes wonderfully. But I just thought it was somehow. Um, it was somehow I, I really. I mean, it's obviously, it somehow is obvious because it's like the one part that you wouldn't really see anyway in a photograph. <laughs> I <laughs> 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 just yeah. imagine viewing it died a little <laughs> <laughs> anyway but yeah you don't really see that and so of course you could just be presented in any way you, right. you want it to be um
1: don't they think that someone is going to compare the image to the reality at some point like mm. right <laughs> Don't you think somebody's gonna check your math when you just go around sending someone else's dick to
0: people? I, don't know, I just, I find that usually.
1: I mean, come <laughs> on. Oh,
0: I just imagine it like in a very literal fashion, like, yeah, you know, it <laughs> like someone takes out the, the photograph and they Ooh. printed it. Yeah,
1: side to side. Put your glasses on. Like, let's see here.
0: Wait. Well wow, the way. siren. I think the siren is here too. Urgent, urgent, because it's the not, not the same dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, oh, no, it they're, increases they're my skepticism us.
1: of of the whole operation of dating online. I mean, come oh, on, I know and she puts it in this like really interesting social commentary about how dating now is just about you know basically about the object and like sending around these (laughs) idealized selves and it's not about really dating anybody it's about just like
0: getting accepted or whatever yeah getting accepted getting validated um oh and having
1: someone send something back so it doesn't really matter it's an exchange
0: yeah and
1: no one's looking to date no one's looking to actually have sex with the person no. they're just looking to the quickest way of like getting someone else to send them like a picture of them naked or whatever so it's like yeah. this really calculated this like grand it's like it's strange made, social minuet
0: that people do now
1: right mutual. but it's like that the conquering phallus like that one <laughs> tinder phallus <A> spear
0: is <laughs> designed by an to armor. pierce <laughs> yeah
1: of tinder <laughs> your tinder
0: armor <laughs> yeah tender, it's very, tinder like, like,
1: armor <laughs> Mm. alexander the great or something just like conquering <laughs> nations
0: <Yeah. sighs>
1: well yeah. we have to fight back fight back i want to know what it, no i don't want to look at it no because i like I'm the whole idea sure, of i'm sure i'm sure i'll see it at some turn. point
0: you know just fate just plays out that yeah. way you'll you'll not be able to avoid happen. it now it will appear <laughs> it will appear people do dream. that though on the
1: they airdrop that kind of stuff on the well, train yeah, sometimes that's I've true that before.
0: you have oh, yeah that's never happened to me before yeah.
1: there's a concept of of envy and of um and of comparison so i guess there's something about that uh dick pic story where you know that you have to they feel like they have to be having the best they found the best image to send along because it was better than their own or something so there's this like sense of competition and
0: yeah so and a symbol and it's sort of like a symbol also kind of an avatar as well right um so there's that
1: and the separation that between age, the yeah. reality, like lived experience and um, online in, engagement with someone else. Um, that's there, too, where it's like they don't even care about the lived experience. It's just sort of like success
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: dating realm. And the, the pic kind of facilitates <laughs> facilitates that.
0: Yeah, and it's also, it's nonverbal. I think it's just similar to kind of emoji sending as well. Yeah. Just this, an image that speaks so many words. <laughs>
1: So why is it so boring to look at people's travel photos, though? I don't think it's boring, but I think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Um, They're even really interesting travel photos in person, you know, like the film strips or whatever, Mm -hmm. like the things people used to do in the 50s or whatever. And it would be so boring. And yet now people will scroll in envy Um, through other people's idealized lives it's like why is it this this addictive private space i
0: think it's a public private i think because it blurs the public and the private in this um strange way where you're sort of it sort of feels as if it's somehow more real you know versus Mm -hmm. staged because your your experience of these events in other people and in your lives is kind of so privatized to your space but then you imagine all the other eyes looking at it. You know, there's a kind of the notion of the multitudes out there is very present. So yeah. in the unknown, there's like the titillating unknown. who right. are those people and you people who hear will hear look at it, who will like, and, like them? and you don't really hear the rest of the story. And it, plus, it's not like this condensed way where you, you know you're just sitting sitting with your friend who you see. I, I keep saying that I have to, in real life, um, you just you see them in their flesh and they're showing you an album, and so you're very much aware of their limitations and you know the mm-hmm. body and their presence and here's you know it just there's just it's so much more demystified, I think. And you can hear them talk about it, it and
1: certain moments like are amazing and wonderful, and you do feel envy. But then certain other moments, you're like, oh, maybe I didn't want to go on that trip based on how like that micro expression of how they talked about. Yeah,
0: maybe there were you know rats in their bathroom, but also (laughs) I think. Oh, it's dismissed. But the images we look at on the phone are illuminated, you know. So there are these kind of mm. glowing—that's um, fascinating—glowing orbs of desire that we're.
1: Oh, and seeing. like hearkening a little bit to some other ideas that we were using
0: before. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: we don't know how our phones work, <laughs> so they glow, yeah. and also they have a power because they're like little amazing microcomputers
0: right. that a magical that aspect. They,
1: Yeah, Yeah, they're talismanic, and so anything Mm -hmm. that comes through these weird, you know, talismanic objects, like culturally and certainly biologically, we have not caught up to what these objects are, and they're changing us, and we're in awe of them, yeah. But we we have always
0: lived, I mean, you know, fairy tales and and sort of magic Mm -hmm. narratives have always been around, I mean, for so long, you know, that would always have this kind of totemic, magical, transformative objects. Right. So maybe subconsciously, somehow it's... um, you know, it does give us
1: And yeah. sometimes
0: it does change life, you know, like sometimes you will receive a tr- like an email that sort of alters right. the course of your year, you know? And right. so sometimes these dramatic shifts do happen or, you know, <clears throat> you swipe on just the right person. You know, who knows? So so and there's so many yeah. it's like an infinite variety of experiences that it can filter through. So Yeah.
1: And so in some ways because the a lot of the changes and the judgment, um, comes to us like through this phone we feel like other people's lives is like a judgment on us as well it's sort of like because it's like the letterbox that our acceptance letter comes through everything that comes through it has like a, a certain other level of judgment or of meaning like we we assign much more meaning to things that we engage with um because it's sort of like connected to every aspect of our life. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Not to mention the talismanic stuff, which I think is like so worthy of more thought. I think that's really interesting. I tried to argue that in one of my, um, clinical psychology classes, which I definitely stand by, you know, that it's, um, a transitional object, like that I've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. but like a transitional object is something between the mother and, or the caretaker and the child that represents the caretaker to the child when the mother's not a, not there so that that child can develop that sense of true aloneness, mm-hmm. kind of like what we were talking about last week. Um, so, yeah, and she was asking, you know, does a phone, can a phone be a transitional object or someone was. And I definitely think that's what it is to some extent. It's mm-hmm. become that and so much more. Um you know, because we get texts or because it's sort of the place between us and other people or us and our perceived connection to other Mm -hmm. people, it, it kind of has this thing and we always have to clutch it and, and have it. It's also safety for like, if you're a woman walking down the street, you know, it's like, yeah, at night it glows. It's, I mean, yeah, I sound like I love it from the way I'm talking about it, but I don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a devotion and attachment there, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's
1: okay. It's a pet. where it's a kind of pet. <laughs> it's it's a pet. It's a it's a robot. I mean, it's like a like we don't. Oh, I and mean, our robot's going to control our lives. Like we always imagine that they would look like you know like R two D or R two D two or C three PO or something or like I don't know. I'm thinking of the Jetsons robots, but um, but no, this is a robot and it does engage with us you know, in our minds and very deeply in our hearts and our whole ideas of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is really nice. Um, I just found this, another article that we were talking about, um, the difference between what happens to ourselves and others online. Um, Mm. this says, says, uh, this is from the journal, Ooh, thunder, uh, the journal of Mm -hmm. personality and social psychology. Um, we feel the things that happen to us viscerally and physically what happens to others however functions more like an Mm. instructive tale because the pain of failure isn't our own and the distance gives us perspective we all understand in theory that bad things happen but we also feel really bad when they happen to us and condemn ourselves so i mean even without it just being the phone like things that happen to other people are instructive Mm. things to happen to us are solid are about our failures
0: yeah right Mm right We do have a harsh... It does seem like we have harsh judgment when it comes to the self. Never mm-hmm. measures up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, I feel like yeah. I've been less... I've been trying to be less so, you know, and just kind of embrace my my tendencies. <laughs> um. Yeah, and not feel regret over things I choose to do. Yeah. With very success. <laughs> yeah, me
1: too. I've been trying to because like, listen. Because there's like
0: no, no right choice ever. There just never is... The perfect answer and we think it's going to be there yeah yeah there's you have a, to just pick away and go there wherever it takes you I think right
1: or and start over if it doesn't quite yeah. go the way you want like you can always choose another choice um right. and this like there's this philosophy around perfectionism where um it's like an all-or-nothing kind of thinking yeah
0: and it's mm-hmm. a, it's impossible to make decisions then, I think, because right you get stuck in the middle
1: <clears throat> yeah you're never going to make like the perfect choice in the perfect moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if we don't, we definitely have this thing that we, you know, to ourselves, we're a worse person. And the person, another person who made the exact same choice, well, it made sense. It had a lot of, yeah. pers- you know, they had, they had a lot of reason for it. They were doing their best. But then when we make the same exact choice very often, it it's like, oh, it's because of a self-worth thing, or it's because this, you know, this was just the wrong thing to do. And it's very interesting how common, like how that's just very common. And then a lot of people's actions um, happen out of denial that they're mm. acting this way towards themselves, you know, and it's try, trying to push off the sense of you know, self-judgment and stuff.
0: And I think because of this situation where we are always caught up in comparing ourselves to others, we, I think we somehow do get the idea that there is maybe a perfect way, you know, and we always mm-hmm. have to ins- aspire mm-hmm. to that perfection. Mm-hmm. And, like, we can all, I think, relax and knowing that we don't really need to do that. Why not? Why, Why not? We need it? It's, like, too polished of a circle. It's just too boring. You need a little bit of a bump or something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I agree.
0: Why? And Why it's, don't we need perfection? Because we don't want to be all the same. I mean, we don't want to be cookie-cutter people, right? Mm-hmm. People that are all speaking the same and behaving the same and dressed the same although there's something really nice about the idea of a uniform with with maybe small changes or imperfections in them I don't know yeah Yeah. little dots people place in different areas I imagine like files of people dressed in like three shades of (laughs) grey very stylish (laughs) looking group very Soviet yeah well in like maybe a a cinematic sort of way why do you think we don't need to be perfect like we'll, oh. what is that anyway I don't know isn't it all subjective anyhow like, there...
1: yeah but I do think that we're all kind of in different ways um controlled by this kind of thinking mm. um I think that we I don't know I'm trying to think about myself um I have such an identity that's been formed on doing it my own way because like i came from a family of people who were like the non christians in the in the very christian. uptight christian environment mm-hmm. and my dad always like prides himself on doing things his own way and like not putting his shoes on all the way and singing and like you know Love at the that. store and yeah. s- singing the like national the anthem rebellion. yeah singing the national anthem in a really funny voice like at the baseball game or whatever and not praying there was a lot of not praying but being at church in my childhood mm-hmm. <laughs> so like kind of conscientious objector behavior was very much like ingrained in me mm-hmm. when i was a kid so like that's that is a bit of my culture that i think i came from and um so i guess one of the nice things of that is that in some ways it made me feel free to kind of do what i wanted to do and i don't feel quite bothered by other people's standards but I don't know when I say that I know that I'm affected by I think I have academic that's also a different
0: standard as well I feel like that just sort of uh, you know it's like an atheist intellectual stand um which is a standard of its own as well that that frowns upon those that you know they are the ardent believers into some deity or other that's right.
1: I mean, they were kind of boomer uh, mm-hmm. hippies mm-hmm. or trying to be hippies, even though nobody in their family was anything like that. So, yeah, I think that that was there was like a cultural place for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a I had a very strong experience of of uh, with perfectionism when I started grad school and having not been in school for a long time, where mm. I was obsessed, like I wanted to get the best possible grade and i'm not somebody who i didn't go to a school that mm. had grades like it was all very much based on what we wanted to learn and what our professors were teaching and i was very into their kind of system at Sarah Lawrence, but at this school it's like i wanted the i wanted honors in everything and i was mm. not gonna stop and i made myself freak out and i'm not i haven't really finished thinking about what happened with that but Yeah, it's sort of, it's interesting, and maybe it's because, like, if you set up a system where there is perfect and it's codified, Mm. then people are going to reach for it and sort of relate to it and put a lot of their psychological issues around it. Yeah. But... Maybe it's best to put yourself in situations where it's okay to fail in some ways, and you know what happens when you fail. Maybe like starting Well, I think a job. also
0: I think it does come down also again comes back to kind of our social system. Maybe I think this part of mm-hmm. one part of this perfection drive is that you have nothing to fall back upon. You know, so in a way right. you have to strive to be your best in order to survive um,
1: because
0: right. there's no social protections in place. That's a great point. I agree. And and life is kind of
1: built around the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
0: it's kind of a work-centric s-
1: society, right, that we, we're in. Yeah. So it's like, prove to me that you're valuable to do this work Yeah, and prove to me that you have value at all. Um, I mean, and on one hand, it was just exciting to me. It is just exciting to me to study things and to write and to... Um, read books and have someone else be present in that process, like a professor be present in that. Oh my gosh, it's decadent to me in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I, it was something I wanted to do just because it, 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 I did want to do that, and I wanted to figure out what the highest level was. But I don't know. This semester, I don't feel as motivated to
0: no go the I highest know, way. You. Yeah, I I, mean, I release I, it, you from your perfection.
1: It made me really anxious. Yeah. No need <laughs> um,
0: no need to suffer.
1: <laughs> I am a workaholic though. I am. Even you know, as I teach children theater all the time and I am addicted to it and I even in my small way of like helping you know, like I'm working to help children or whatever, or make art work with kids
0: no, I can't I really stop don't doing have it. That. I, mean, I know I don't and know I because I'm an would- American. But I think you know. You would think you know. I was born in a Soviet state of the workers. You would think I would be born with you know this mm-hmm. this eternal propeller that propels me to work all the time. But <laughs> like all I want to do is just lay around and like by the pool on my couch, on yeah. the grass. Actually, that I did all those three things yesterday. <laughs> A day of a well well spent day, I would yeah. say. Um, yeah, I just have, you know, I mean I, I one must work and I do, but there's no zeal there. Hmm.
1: I don't know where it comes from. I think partly it comes from the fact that the work that I do isn't doesn't get paid very much. So it's like in order to survive here I have to work a ton. And but then also I when think I it would make you want to
0: work. work less because you would be like what they don't you know. What's like, the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And and, I, yeah. and it's like a art making addiction. You know, it's like the process of making the shows is really fun. Yeah. I am. I am. It's as much that as it is like workaholism. I think it's like, you know, all the theater. I think every artist person has this, you know, like you make a one big project or whatever and then when it's over you feel really sad because it
0: you know, you got all this adrenaline from it and
1: it's sure, really exciting. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just closed the exhibition and I was feeling wistful for a couple of days. I, totally. That's true. Yeah.
1: And you I don't know, do you have the thing where you wanna make it better the next time? I, I had that.
0: No, With I think actually thing. no, because I think I just I think I just do different things you know and then Mm -hmm. I just kind of feel like this is done and no not really
1: yeah
0: I guess I just think it's perfect (laughs) (laughs) cool no I don't know I just think I think I just move on to the next thing but like not in a way that like lessons I mean I think sometimes I learn things about maybe process like how I could do uh, like oh if I'm getting something made I should order it like a few weeks in advance as opposed to one week you know that sort of thing but yeah. not in terms of content. I think it's quite arbitrary. Right. and Because art- it's based on, like, the different
1: different you know? goals that you've set to yeah, consider and in the Army.
0: I guess I'm in the end, like, I'm the, really the only judge, like, have I made what I set out to do, you know, mm-hmm. if I haven't? I do
1: right. yeah. um, I had a weird thing happen with my work stuff where because I was in school and I was doing all of this stuff that was brand new to me and I I was developing skills at it, I had some skills kind of already, but I was developing a new language, you know, and working with new types of people. Mm -hmm. So when I went back to my old work, I had so much enthusiasm and energy to do that old work and I loved it so much. And I ended up making I think some of the I think I made the best show, you know, working with my students and teaching the classes. I think I did my best teaching and direction I've ever done because I was so busy and worried about all this other work that I had to do. Like yeah, my, so you—that was of, a
0: relaxing yeah. situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, that's really important. It's interesting. You shouldn't pressure yourself too much. You should just let things happen sometimes. Perhaps we, we're too focused on, on getting them done in this perfect way, and, and really, all, all we need to be is to be present, mm-hmm. embodiedly.
1: Yeah, and to the project itself, yeah. you know, and to what For the, the project. project needs, to what that class needs yeah. in the moment, you know, not kind of top down thinking where you're. You like, can your you
0: ideas, be. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But rather,
1: I'm like, going to pull you up, and you're going to be perfect, you know. But it's yeah. like, no, I'm going to see where things are, and. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I hope that you enjoyed this. Um, this tilting centering and yeah let us you know just spread the word about the podcast um if you feel like you have someone that needs you know existential sort of entertainment then send them our way and um we'll see you i mean with our astral eyes next week on thursday again ciao